By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. That's love. It's enough for me. How about you, Brad? Okay. So, I am Shelly Barr, and my host is Brad Hildebrand, and together we make BS on the BS.show. Uh-huh. That's not me. That's Brad. He did his own drop. Isn't that cute? That is not me. I know how I woohoo, and that is not it. Oh, stop it. That is you. And next hour, I'm going to... You're, uh, the judge is listening right now. I'm going to pres- I'm going to present my case, and the verdict's going to come down, and we're, I'm going to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this right here, this right here, Woo-hoo! is truly Shelly Barr. Do people really care, Brad? They do. Matter of fact, it's on the front page of CNN and Fox News and MNSA, MSNBC this morning, the controversy surrounding the alleged Shelly Woohoo. It's oh God, right you're there. funny. The Post Dispatch reporter. I pulled up to the radio station this morning. The Post Dispatch reporter and the Channel Five reporter are in the parking lot, and I go, "No comment, no comment, no comment, no pictures, no cameras." <laughs> that was what we said. Okay, it's Friday. Hard to believe this is the one, two, three, third Friday of the new year. I, you know, I have to tell you, here's the 20th of January. Where has 20 days gone? I mean, I don't know about you. Normally, it seems like January always moves very slowly. You know, nobody, everybody's not, you know, nobody's not, doing, people are not doing as much as they used to. You know, everybody's burnt out from the Christmas holidays. They all spent their money. They're all broke. They, they stay at home. They're watching Geraldo on TV. You know, they're just not doing much. I don't, this is sort of weird. I mean, I, I don't think that's the case this year. We've had one bad stretch, a stretch of very cold weather. But last week, this past last week has been pretty good. You know what I mean? It's been beautiful. I mean, except for, as you call it, bucket of suck Wednesday when it rained and it was like 35 cold, degrees. Gray yeah, it was just like, suck. God, that was a terrible day. And yesterday, yesterday was a little bit better, but not, you know, it, it rained a couple spots here, there. But so far, not. You know, not blizzard cold, not, you know, 10 feet of snow or anything like that. Not like Buffalo, New York, where the poor people have had, like, so far this season. I think it's I think it's up to, I'm not kidding, I think it's close to 90 inches of snow already. Oh, dear. I mean, it's crazy. Here, let me look at that. Can they get out of their homes? Some of them can't. Remember, for a while, they, they you couldn't, it was not legal to drive on the roads. They essentially shut down everything. They said, stay off the roads. You will be arrested unless you're going to a hospital or going to pharmacy to get you know life-saving drugs let me see buffalo b-u-f-f-a buffalo snowfall i know one snowfall alone they had over 50 inches buffalo snowfall and they've had a couple snowfall so far okay let's see what um how much stone did buffalo get um in the first snow, 50.3 inches of snow. That was the first snow. Okay, here it is, right? Buffalo blizzard pushed city to over 100 inches this season, a record snowy start. Uh, over 100. Matter of fact, at, as of Tuesday night, this is, uh, this is weather underground. Let me take a look at this. They've got pretty good information. Um, oh, man, this is, this is back in December 28. December 28th of last year. And if they already had, they already had, uh, as of Tuesday night, 
and that would have been the Christmas was on a on a Sunday. Sunday, so Tuesday. So this was this was published on the twenty eighth, which would have been Wednesday, because twenty sixth would have been Monday, twenty seventh would have been Tuesday. Yeah, okay. So as of late Tuesday night, the official observation at Buffalo Niagara International Airport tallied one hundred and one point six inches of snow so far this season. They've had another snow since then. It's crazy, and their average. Get this: the average snowfall they have for. Um, December 24th, average snowfall for the season is 24 inches. And they had 101 inches. Where's this? Buffalo. Oh, New York? Yeah, Buffalo and New York. Yeah, it shows It shows the average. They start having snow. Believe it or not, they start having snow. This is a graph that shows all this stuff. Cumulative snowfall, Buffalo area, New York. Okay, it shows that they start having snow in um, October. And by November 5th, they average about five inches of snow, November 12th, about six inches of snow. By the time you get to December December 3rd, they're averaging about 10 inches of snow. This is on the average. Uh, by the time you get to, matter of fact, at December 12th, they have 20 inches of snow. By December, December 20th, matter of fact, right on Christmas Day, according to this, they averaged 30 inches of snow in the season by Christmas Day. By Christmas Day, they had, by Christmas Day, they had, 95 inches of snow. <laughs> Man, <laughs> when they only averaged 30, they had more than three times the normal. Now, remember, they talked about global warming, you know, and then, of course, things weren't warming up hot enough for them. You know, by the way, if, do you, don't, you don't follow. Do you know about the World Economic Forum, Forum, WEF? You know about this? I do know about them, but I don't know what's happening. Okay, well, they're in Davos, Switzerland, okay? And everybody who's everybody is there. Of course, we have our we have our our nutbags who are there. We have we have John Kerry. But guess who made a big impassioned speech yesterday? Who? Al Gore. What did he say? Oh my God! What didn't he say? You know, we're terrible people. We're gonna die. The client, the 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 planet's gonna fall apart. You know, we're gonna spin around. The the we're gonna the axis of the of the United of the the Earth is gonna spin sideways, and people are gonna a centrifugal force is gonna fly us off the Earth. We're gonna all be put into space by. I mean, just weird stuff. I mean, I'm just going like, shut this guy up. Did he lose himself? Well, of course he f- he flew there in his private jet. You know, I mean, like you know, that's what amazing to me. Here's the bigwigs telling you, don't do this, don't do that. Carbon, 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 carbon. And how do they get there? In big old monstrous jets. Do as I say, not as I do. You know, be like Greta. You know, go over in a in a sailboat. You know, that. Go over in a sailboat and get carried away by the guard. Well, remember, she went over in a sailboat, but she came back in a 747. She came back to Europe in a 747. Oh, seven... I thought she came back in hand shackles. No, no. Not oh, I'm Gre- sorry, that was not, yesterday. No, that was this week. Not Greta. Not Greta. You know, once again, all I have to do is tell people, and this is, you know, I, I'm, and I'm not a denier. I think climate, the climate changes all the time. Perfect example. There's this thing called sedimentary rock, okay? Yeah. Sedimentary rock was put there by oceans and things like that, okay? Uh-huh. Drive down 270, drive south in 270, starting like at Manchester, and drive all the way down to 44, and you go through these big formations where they cut the highway into this rock. At some spots, maybe 30, you 40, 50 feet. You can see the core. Feet. Right. You can see the layers, okay? 
Once upon a time, there was water there, okay? That's, yep. if the Merrimack River is probably eh, about a mile from there. So you figured that at one point in time, the Merrimack River, and I, I don't know if that was what was left after, you know, we had all these, you know, glaciers and things like that. At one point in time, the Merrimack River was maybe 100 feet, 150 feet out of its banks back then with the sedimentary rock. So it's to the point where like, okay, so once again, you know, we have the ice age. They know about that. They know about glaciers. Matter of fact, if you take if you take uh, physical science, as they call it nowadays, which I did take for my meteorology degree, which I never completed, but they talk about this all the time. They talk about the fact that there are areas of our of our United States that the the landscape was formed by glaciers. You know, I mean, glaciers that came down from the north. Okay, guess what? There was nobody alive then. At least I don't think Adam and Eve were around then. So there was no trains, no buses, no cars, no. CO2, no, you know, no coal-powered generating power plants. And you know what's interesting? I heard somebody say the other day, why doesn't Greta go to China and protest? Do you know the answer to that? Because she'd probably get arrested and killed. Because she'd never come back out. That's the answer. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, she'd never come back out. Yeah. They wouldn't, you know. She, she They wouldn't put up with her little oh, mouth. Right. Because they're building, they're building, they're building, I have to look at this again. I think they're building like one coal, uh, coming online in China, one coal powered plant a month. It's crazy. Now, the other interesting thing, you know, I've talked about this, which I find fascinating. You know, in radio, if you know anything about TV or radio, you have to study demographics. That's stuff. You know, in our, in our field, it's QM and TSL and, and all, you know, and AQH and all this kind of stuff. But you look at the demographics. And for example, in most areas of the United States, there are more women than men. That's true. In, that's true in in state of Missouri. It's true in most of the counties. Franklin County, there are more women than men. St. Charles County, more women than men. And if you look at demographics as far as older, you know, age is concerned, in the entire St. Louis metro, you know what the oldest average county is? Um. No. Franklin County. And you know what one of the youngest average really? yes one of you know what one of the youngest average counties is St. Charles Yes Really Yes yes because St. Franklin County has and I'm not dissing on Franklin County but Franklin County So dissing Well a lot of people a lot of kids who grew up in Franklin County it's somewhat of a rural county the biggest city is Washington which is only like 11,000 people so it's not like a big you know not not like a big town or I anything like that I thought they were up like to 13 uh, maybe you're right I'll have to look at it again Um but a lot of young people, after they finish school, they move out of Franklin County. Whereas a lot of young people move into St. Charles County because better schools, more affordable housing, you know, blah, 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 stuff like that. And it's really interesting if you look at those kind of numbers, even to the city numbers. If you look at like various cities, population, you look at demographics, it's sort of fascinating because you had some cities that have a very young population, some cities have a very old population. For a while, if you moved in West St. Louis County, in that area right there at like, uh, would be Manchester and what Holloway, I believe there's a big, big, big Target store on the corner there, or maybe, maybe it's a Deerberg's. I can't remember which one it is. That used to be a very young area. It's now a very old area, because a lot of those people moved out to those houses. They were very affordable houses at the time. Now they're worth a bunch of money because that area is appreciated. And the moms and dads, the kids went away, and the moms and dads liked the area, and they just stayed. So in other words, once upon a time, you go back 30, 40, 50 years ago, and it was a very young area out there, but a lot of those people stayed, and now they're in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and even 90s. 
So, and it's just sort of weird. You know, you go to certain places in the St. Louis County area, you go in. You know, it's pretty bad when I'm the youngest person in a building. You know what I mean? Saying, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I walk in and I'm the youngest person there, that's saying something. And I can tell you places I go where I'm the youngest person there. Me too. I always used to be the youngest person, and I almost took pride in that, you know, because I lived vicariously through my t- child, Tiffany. Who will never answer so the phone like for me. So it's like I had two lives, huh? Who will never answer the phone for me. She sees my number, and she turns her phone off. Either she's sleeping or she's on the way to work to save lives. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, I'm on the air to save lives. I'm doing it right now. Hey, you people out there, slow down. Don't drive like Shelly. Hey, you people out there. <laughs> Stop drinking That's that a, stop drinking that whiskey. Hey, you people out there, stop shooting that cocaine. Stop smoking that dope. I'm saving lives right now. You know, that would be great for um, one of our clients to put that up on our RDS. <laughs> What's that? We're on 107.1. We're seven lives? Yeah. Okay. Who would that be? I don't know. Shelly's got this all thought out. Okay, we have to take we have to take a break. We'll be right back at six twenty six. Good to the last song. Good to the very last note. That's what I say it about is. that song. Uh, <laughs> that's that is not Michael Jackson. That is not Prince. That's Ready for the World, who I think was a devotee of Prince. I think he was like one of the Prince guys. Oh really? Oh yeah. Prince had a sound. He had a lot of guys that you know. For example, the guys. One of my other favorite groups is uh, Morris Day in the Times. You know Morris Day in the yes. Times. Um. Or it's Morris Day in the Time. I guess it's more it's singular. With cool C O O L. I got to get that song for a Friday song. That's one of my favorite songs. Okay, lots of stuff going on. Um, you got stuff this morning? Not right now, but I will. <laughs> you're 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 ready to roll this morning, aren't you? I'm telling you. Okay. Hello. I'm here. Okay. Where else would I be? Are you ready for this? We're going to talk about. Are you ready for this? We're going to talk about this next hour a little bit more too. What's that? In certain countries, they're making cows wear diapers and masks. I can understand the diapers. (laughs) And you know why this is? Why? To contain their methane emissions. I can understand the diapers. French... I wish they would just make them for huge dogs like the one I have. Last week, French dairy giant Danone, D-A-N-O-N-E, announced in mid-January it is considering putting masks on cows to trap their burps in an effort to reduce methane emissions by 30%. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Get this. There's a lady in Tennessee who is a cow farmer, a cattle rancher, and she says, it's utter ridiculous get it utter uddr yeah, utterly <laughs> ridiculous i mean see there are and we laugh about this there are people people out there that are trying to make meat illegal okay so in other words you won't be able to get a hamburger you won't be able to get a steak you won't be able to have sausage on your pepperoni pizza. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. What are you just going to do sit at a table and talk <laughs> across from each no other? No meat. You know, because why? Well, it's same. part of this is, you know, the cows, they, you know, they, they, they produce methane. 
and you know the the beef cattle produce methane methane and not only that that they eat grass and that's you know when they eat the grass the grass when they're eating the grass that's bad because the grass should be there it shouldn't be eaten up by cows it's just like okay okay uh, you know sometimes i think to myself you know i have this theory that most people aren't busy enough you know what i'm saying i do and what happens when they're not busy enough they do crazy stuff, okay? They do. Right. It's when like, the cat's away kind of thing. Well, it's just like if you're not occupied, you start, you know, like, like for example, let's look at like Maslow's theory of hierarchy, okay? Okay. When you're not afraid, you, you move up and up or down the pyramid, whichever way you look at it, okay? Once again, what's the very first thing as a human being you're concerned with? Preservation of life, okay? Go back to the caveman era. When the caveman could figure out that if a tiger tried to get into his cave and he, he he took a stick and he sharpened the end of the stick and he poked that tiger in the face to get that tiger away from his cave opening, the tiger stayed away. So caveman thought, oh, okay, I got that done. So the ne- next caveman's trying to, well, how do I stay warm? Maybe he invented fire. You know, so no, he, he's moving up the thing. Pretty soon, caveman's got cable in his cave and he's watching the Jerry Springer show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Is he glamping? <laughs> no, yeah, he's glamping. Well, see, once again, if you're sitting in a, and by the way, I had a discussion yesterday with someone who shocked me when they told me about their addictions. And someone that I know fairly well that once again, when they sort of came clean with me and said, well, I'm addicted to this and this and this, I'm going like, what? I'm addicted to love. And we're talking about, let's say this person is very well educated and I was sort of shocked but once again did you judge her I know it was a her well I don't just standard protocol <laughs> it was a him and and to the point where you know what what's what's your you're saying you're always about the mismatched socks what's that see you always you say? never know what's going on in another person's pair of mismatched socks okay just sort of surprising to me okay but see once again it's this thing where why do we have drug use in our country? Because people are trying to escape from things, and quite honestly, they're bored. You know, why do That's people... That's not true. Oh, come on. Come on. They're bored. I, I take medication because I'm sick. You take prescription medication. These people yeah. are taking non-prescription, you know, that makes them high, makes them feel good, stuff like that. Okay? That's because they're trying to transcend where they're at. That's why, typically, the people who can least afford drugs are the ones who are buying them because they're not happy with their circumstances. They live in a poor area. You know, they don't have many opportunities in their life. Uh, so what do they do? They take drugs to try to escape. They try, they take drugs to try to put themselves in another reality. I mean, it's sort of what, what, uh, what's his face is doing with meta. It's the same thing. You know what I'm talking okay. about? Yeah. What's his name? Fogelberg. Zuckerberg. Dan? No, Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Okay. His whole thing with this meta thing is that, and and to the point where it's still silly. I just, it'll always be Facebook. I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know if you know this or not. You know, iHeart that you know we compete with here in St. Louis has like Clue and a bunch of other stations, yes, the Bull yes. and things like that. They've jumped into this meta thing full time, and they actually have a meta stage sponsored by State Farm. 
So you can go, it's called the State Farm Park, and it does not exist. It's a meta, it's a metaverse thing where you can go and you can put on your, your AR glasses uh, and you can go to concerts and you're in the audience, but it's not a real place. It's a fake place. It's, oh, it's, that sounds it's the, completely it's, 2023. It's the metaverse. You know, I'm telling you, you think I'm kidding. And why is that? Because you can escape reality. You put on those AR goggles and you're someplace else. You're immersed. It's immersion. You are immersed in another. Immersion an- therapy. Another, another place, another time, another, you know, a different, uh, you know, than what your normal life is. Because you know what? Most people have boring lives. Let's be honest, they have boring lives. Well, all I can say to that is I don't have a boring life. It's it's completely filled with um You're not most people. That is true. I mean, most people lives are really boring. Let's be honest. And why so do So you think they take drugs because they're bored? Yes, I do. Oh please! Yeah, I'm telling you, they're trying to escape to a different, a different, you know, different someplace else. They're trying. Whatever, Brad. Well, no, seriously. Seriously. Okay. Whatever, okay, Brad. Okay. Let's let's look at that for a minute. Okay. Where's a place in the United States that caters to people who are bored? Okay. There's a place in the United States that caters to people. Disneyland and Disney World. No, I no, I, I say Las Vegas. Because you can go to Las Vegas. And people don't go to Vegas because they're bored. Yeah, they do. People go to Vegas because it's awesome. But they're it's 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 better than where they're at because they're in they're in boring they live in a boring neighborhood, boring neighbors. You know they they live in a neighborhood where the county's always trying to tear up their streets to put new panels in the streets. And, oh my gosh, and, <laughs> they're outside my house again. Right now, they they'll be starting here in about. 10 minutes. You see them out there, they're all they're 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 driving up in their trucks, they're getting ready to start chopping up the streets again. In about 10 minutes unless it's raining. Literally, you've seen them out there already. They're already out there. No, I haven't looked outside yet. Well, then how do you know they're there? Out, they they they're staging all their nasty <laughs> hydraulic dripping equipment out in the front of my house on brand new directly con- in front of my house on, on my brand new on concrete. brand new concrete they just put in. It's got <laughs> Can I, can I? And I didn't even put my name in it. They're lucky. I'll give you a quick little story, which I always thought was funny. What's that? I lived in a subdivision once, a very nice subdivision you that did? had yeah that, that, that had a that had a bunch of buttheads in it. Okay, there was a group. Okay. There was the butthead organization in the subdivision. It was a new subdivision <laughs> at the time. No, and it's se- like no seriously. Brad must die. No, well, they didn't like me because I fought they didn't. them because. They com- They claimed, okay, this is honest-to-God true story. One of the guys got in a fight with the builder. One of the people who had a home got in a fight with a builder. So he complained, and he got some of his buddies to complain, and a bunch, well, you know, like three or four people, and more than that, probably like six or seven families in the subdivision started complaining. And they, they started this group in the subdivision about how they were going to report the builder for deficiencies in the subdivision. And one of them was they didn't like the way the streets were done. They didn't like this. They didn't like that. They didn't like anything. And one of the things that came up was, well, one of the things that came up was that the builder had put some manholes in required by the county. This is in St. Charles County. The builder had put in these manholes for stormwater. You know, they were stormwater sewers. But some of the manholes ended up in people's front yards. 
So the builder well, purpose. We have manholes in our front yard. Well, no, hold on a minute. Let me tell you the rest of the story. The, oh. The builder purposely put the manholes under about a foot of dirt. So in other words, when the people bought the house, they didn't realize they had a manhole in their whole front yard. So <laughs> this one guy who was like the vocal one of the group, he was, and there's houses in this subdivision that have manholes in the front yard and you don't even know it. Well, little did he know, guess what his, was his in front was, get, let me try that again. Guess what was in his front yard? A manhole? A manhole that was buried about a foot underground. So Ours is above the ground. I know that, but here, let, let me tell you the rest of the story. So the county comes out, and they come out with the plat map. Yep, there's a manhole here, manhole here, manhole here. And they said to the builder, you have to put, pull these manholes up so they're on the on the ground level. So in other words, they had uh-huh. to go in there with with it. So and then find out that guess who had a manhole in their cover in their front yard? This dude, the one who cast the first stone. <laughs> right. So he gets all teed off because of the fact that that they're going to have to tear up his front yard. So the reason there's there's a reason that I brought this up. Okay. So backhoe shows up one day. They start digging. And, and this guy, like, manicured his front lawn. I mean, this guy was out there with, like, a pair of scissors. He didn't cut it with a grass, with a, with a lawnmower. He cut it with a pair of scissors. He was that kind of a nerd, a lawn nerd. You know what I mean? Like, Mr. Lawn Nerd. And if you – and he was on a corner. And if you dared – if you dared cross the – you know, cross across his lawn, the kids, if they took, took the shortcut, instead of just walking, you know, around the corner on the street, if they dared walk across his lawn, he was like, hey! Get off my lawn! He's one of those kind of guys, okay? So the day comes when they come to dig up his front lawn to pull up the manhole. Because what they did was they they took out the old manhole cover and they built the bricks or whatever. They poured more concrete and they brought it up to, to you know up to grade. So the back hose on his front lawn and a hydraulic hose breaks and sprays hydraulic fluid all over his front lawn. The, the you know the hose is going boom, 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 boom. it's flipping around and spraying hydraulic fluid it's everywhere. It's like a whoop antenna. <laughs> yeah, it's just whipping around and the hydraulic fluid kills the grass. I'm thinking to myself, there is a god. Yes, there is a god. The god That would be called karma. Yes, the god looked down upon him and said, "Thee who thy who complains about manhole covers and then has one in his front lawn is destined to have more than just retribution for his complaining and once again it's like okay dude that worked out real well for you you complained 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 and the crazy thing was after they found out that the manhole cover was in his front lawn he said well you can just leave it you know he's the guy that complaining that that the manholes should be all above you know at grade and instead he said you can just leave it so to this day every once in a while when i drive by that that place i think to myself ah that's Blah, 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 blah. You know, and there's a manhole right in the middle of his front lawn. I get a kick out of it. You know, it is karma. You know what I mean? It is karma. Yes. Okay. We have to take a break. Break. And we'll talk more about the cows with diapers. Okay. I'm going to get a diaper for my for my puppy. I got a comment, but I'm not going to say it. I'm biting my tongue. It's 646. Now that is a Friday song. What do you say, Shelly? Oh, it was a good it. song. I love it, Brad. It's great. I did. I had my pot turned down because I was fidgeting. These are Friday lyrics. It's 5 o'clock. Just got paid. I'll be off the next two days. No more working like dogs. No more leash. No more boss. I've got a weekend full of nothing to do at all. Yeehaw. I know a place down the road. The girls are hot. The beer is cold. It's two for one. Yeah, that's right. Not just drinks. It's girls to guys. I hear the twins are back in town from Saginaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> oh, BTW Stovalls is actually having dance lessons there. What? 
Yes. Uh, you know what? They're bringing back. Uh, they're bringing back uh, Brooks and Dunn. Oh please. That's how. That's how they met. Okay. The song. The song "Boots Scootin' Boogie" is about Stovalls. Um. I'm telling. I call BS. I, I'm telling you, it's about. Here, hold on a minute. Once again, let me pull up the lyrics. Your Honor. It doesn't matter what the <laughs> lyrics are. It does. Because no, it doesn't. Boot, hold it, hold it. Boot, hold it. Uh, boot. I'll play the song maybe later. Boots good and boogie. Uh, lyrics, L-Y-R-I-C-S. Okay. Here we go. Uh-huh. Out in the country, past the city limit signs. Guess where Guess where Stovall's is? On the country in the past the city limit sign. Okay. Where there's a honky-tonk. Like every place in, in your... Whatever where, America. Hold it. Next line where there's a honky tonk near the county line. If you go, if you're going west on That's Manchester, like everywhere in St. Louis. No, if you're going west on 100, you pass Stovalls and you go a little bit farther, and you're in Franklin County. So the county line is right up the street. The joint starts jumping every night when the sun goes down, which is true. They got whiskey, women, music, and smoke. It's all where the cowboys folk go to boot, scoot, and boogie. Right there. I'm okay. telling you. If you know the story, before they became famous, Brooks and Dunn were both on a highway crew working on Highway 100 out there in Wildwood, which is now Wildwood. Back in the day, it was it was Pond or something like that, or Glencoe. It was. It was. They still, you know, the the people out there. I know people that live out there, and they get upset because their address is not Wildwood, Missouri. It's Glencoe or Pond. Do you know this story? I I. I knew that that was the case, but I don't know about it. There's still a post office out, out there on 100 called Glencoe, the Glencoe Post Office. And it's not all that far out. It's not that far west of Clarkson, where, it, where technically it's Glencoe. And then there's another post office out there called Pond, P-O-N-D. People live in Wildwood. They don't want to have put in their envelope, you know, to return address. I live in Pond, Missouri. Pond? Where is that? Is that near the lake of the Ozark? You live in a little tiny community. You know, the lakes, the big old lake. You live in the pond. Is that where you live? They don't want to know that. So anyway, Brooks and Dunn. Brooks and Dunn worked on a construction crew. They worked for Fred Weber. I have a friend of mine that told me the story. They Fred worked... Weber Chevrolet? No, for, not Fred Weber Chevrolet. That's that's Jim Weber or whatever his name. Weber it Chevrolet. Was no, Fred. It's Fred. Jo- no, it's George Weber. It's George Weber. It's not Jim Weber. Um. <laughs> it's Weber Construction Company. Jim Weber Construction Company. They work. They were concrete dudes, and they worked out on Highway 100 out there, and that's how they met. They got on the same crew. And at night, they would go to Stovall's, and that was what they wrote the song about, Boot Scoot and Boogie. Are you going to pull pull Stovall's up or Rick, uh, Brooks and Dunn like you did um, Dan Fogelberg, Fogelberg? You know, I'll find a guy. Matter of fact, there's probably a guy that went to school with Brooks and Dunn who will tell me the story. Yeah, you're exactly right, Brad. Yeah, they both worked on that Highway 100 project out there. And, uh-huh. and they... <laughs> You don't believe I'm sure that's what's going to happen. You don't believe me? I'll double dog dare you. I'll, I'll find somebody. <laughs> no. Hey, I'll give you back your dollar if you let me, if you get off this corner and come in and no. do a it's, little DJ work for once me. Once again, out in the country past the city limit sign, there's a honky tonk near the county line. Once again, it's out in the country, and it's near the county line. The joint starts jumping every night when the sun goes down. It's true. They got whiskey, women, music, and smoke. And they do. I think they still smoke out there. It's where all the cowboy folk go to boot, scoot, and boogie. I mean, 
Your Honor, I rest my case. <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, isn't that enough? Sometimes it never is enough. <sighs> Hold on a minute. Um, I don't remember about this. I told we talked about the two hundred fifty thousand dollar Ford Broncos, right? We talked about that, right, the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here, here's one we will talk about next hour. Um, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I probably will. Well, that's what I do. I'll tell you what. Let's not talk about that yet. We'll talk about that next hour. Um, I have two things to talk about next hour. I've said this before. The Riverfront Times that some people turn their nose up, up at. I think it's a hoot. Well, no. Their long-form journalism is excellent. They have reporters because here's what's happened to the newspaper business. The USA Today came along. If you remember back back in the day, 40 years ago, USA, or maybe it was in 50 years ago, USA Today came along as a national newspaper, okay, which we didn't really have. We didn't have a national newspaper. We had like the Wall Street Journal and places like things like that. But we didn't have a national newspaper that covered the entire country. And they changed the print industry in the fact that they had a very limited short story length. Most of their stories were only like, you know, two, 300 words, and that was it. And it's interesting because you go to web, some websites right now, and if you look at some of the articles in the websites, it tells you four-minute read. Okay, I got four minutes, you know, and in other words, you're not, you're not sitting there for an hour reading this article, okay? So the Riverfront Times sort of goes against that trend, and they have really good reporting, and they have this unbelievable article. I think it's in the current edition of the Riverfront Times about the Hazelwood School District. And what about them? You won't believe it. It's, what? It's crazy town. Okay. We'll talk about what? it next. We'll talk about it next hour. It's just bizarre. Okay, once again, I am a a graduate, or should I say maybe I'm a refugee of the Hazelwood School District. I don't think it was good when I was there. It's gone to H and H. You know what H and H is, don't you? Um high school hell. Hell in a handbasket. It's gone to hell in a handbasket. Oh. Okay. The wheels aren't falling off. The wheels are off. The car is sliding down the highway on its axles, and there's sparks flying out from behind. It's uh-huh. just bizarre. I read this story, and I'm going like, this has got to be BS. So actually, I got it yesterday, and I did some research on it, and I'm telling you, it's all true. It's all bizarre. It's all weird. And I'm a guy who, you know, once again, I kid education about the fact that, you know, you're wasting your time going to college and drop out of high school. After reading this article, I am 100% vindicated. If you got kids in the Hazelwood School District, get them out now. Get them out. I don't know what you're going to do with them. You know, homeschool them or something. Get them out of the Hazelwood School District. It's just bizarre. And it's like, nobody cares. Eh, Nobody cares. Eh, Nobody cares. You know, nobody's doing anything about it. Hazelwood used to be a very good school. Well, until I went there, and then it went all went to hell, you know? Well, there's that. That's the Brad factor. See, the problem we have in this country is other countries, like you go in the Asian countries, like, you know, the, the Koreans, the Chinese, the, the Japanese, they, they, they worship education. And they have these incredibly hardworking students that come out of these, you know. Matter of fact, that's the problem right now. There's that Supreme Court case going on right now that they, the Supreme Court, the Asian group is do, is is saying that the, the big colleges like like you know Yale and Harvard discriminate against Asians because of the fact that they got the highest scores on all the tests, but yet they don't get that many admissions. 
that they have high scores because these kids study and study and study and study and study because their parents drill it into their head. You need to go to get good education to get ahead in the world. Study, 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 study. You know, the tiger moms, you know, or, you know, leaning them over and doing their homework, stuff like that. Sounds anyway, like something I would do. We'll talk about it next break, okay? Okay. It's 6.59. It is BS.show. How about that one, Shelly? I haven't played, I don't think I've ever played that one on Friday. Anita Ward. I haven't remembered it, but it's <laughs> it's a lovely one. Okay, your microphone, you're talking off mic again. What's going on with that? Get that mic in front of your mouth, Shelly. Come on. You can do it. I know you can. You think that you know me, but... I'm glad you're home. Now, did you really miss me? I guess you did by the look in your eye. Look in your eye. Look in your eye. Well, lay back and relax while I put away the dishes. Then you and me can rock a bell. You can ring my bell, bell. Okay, now, do you know the story behind her? No. She's a school teacher. I think That's she, about right. I think she taught, she was, uh, in, this is in Memphis, Tennessee. I think she taught, um, she's born in Memphis, Tennessee. Ward obtained a degree in psychology from Russ College in Holy, in Holly Springs, Mississippi. And she was a school teacher. So she loved to sing, and uh, do you know who Stacy Lattisaw is? I do not. A record label guy by the name of Frederick Knight presented her with a song he had written for the previous year for Stacy Lattisaw. Ward did not like the song, but Knight insisted that a dance track was needed to capitalize on the current disco trend, and Ward relented. She didn't want to record the song. The song, the which disco was disco trend, I love that. <laughs> right. That was a major part of my life. The song, which was originally a juvenile-targeted tune about teens talking on the telephone, was, re- was was rewritten with more adult lyrics. No kidding. And the result was the single "Ring Enjoy. My Bell," number one in the United States and the United Kingdom, Canada in 1979. And what's she doing now? She's still alive. She's not that old. Uh, she is 66. She's a youngin. Um, she is actually. Oh, hold it. It's interesting. She has two different birthdays. They claim she's, she claims she was born on December 20th, 1957, but other people say, no, she was born on December 19th, 1956. So depending upon who you listen to, there's a, there's 36 day or 366 days difference. So what's she doing now? It's early life. Um, I didn't realize this. In 2002, she performed the Ring My Bell song in New York City's Times Square before a crowd of revelers as part of the city's official celebration. Wow. 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 Aww. Wow. Wow. So she was still active. Yeah, Good okay. For her. Okay. So. So. Okay. Bailiff, call the court to order. All rise. Judge Brad Hildebrand is in session. Okay. I'll also be the the plaintiff, and you'll be the defendant, okay? So I'm the judge and the plaintiff, and you're the defendant, okay? Okay. I'm the judge. Okay. Plaintiff, state your case. Well, Your Honor, Shelly Barr claims that I have impugned her character by playing the wrong track that this isn't really her. Here, her. Well, let's hear that track. Well, this is what she said. This is what she said, and she claims this isn't her. Well, play it. Woohoo! Miss Barr? Is that, or is that not you? I don't, that's not me. Miss Barr, under penalty of perjury, is that? Woohoo! You are not. No. Okay. Mr. Hildebrand, present your case. Okay, well, I pulled that off of our se- session, of our show called BS.show. Here's the actual cut where that came from. Go ahead and play it. 
Well, wouldn't she say to you? Oh, hold, hold. Wouldn't she say to you, Shelly? Miss Barr, what do you say to that? I didn't hear it. <laughs> Mr. Hildebrand, play that again. Well, wouldn't she say to you? Oh, hold, hold. Wouldn't she say to you, Shelly? Miss Barr, your comments? Mm-hmm. Miss <laughs> Barr, do you think Mr. Hildebrand has made his case? No. That that is. <laughs> um. Let me see. Hard no. Oh, oh Mr. Hildebrand, play that again. Well, wouldn't she say to you, oh, hold, hold, wouldn't she say to you, Shelly? Mr. Hildebrand, is that actually a recording of the show that you pulled that woohoo from? Yes, Your Honor, it is. Miss Barr, your comments again? So, if that was me, which it's not, but if it was. <laughs> it's you, um, Shelly. It is not. It's you. Okay. Here's the, here here's the actual part of the Fred, show it I've came been from. I've been for years. Okay. That is not my woohoo. Okay. Listen. <laughs> you got me woohooing back at ten years ago. Woohoo. <laughs> well, wouldn't she so say to you? My dad. Oh, hold, hold. You did it twice, Shelly. You did it twice. Mm-hmm. And this is th- here's here. Okay, here here. Compare the two. I think you manipulated this audio. <laughs> no, I didn't. This I is. I think you did, okay. and you're looking okay. to put me in a in a different light. Okay, I'm gonna play the woohoo that I pulled off of that track. I'm gonna play the other back to back. You ready? Here we go. You ready? Woohoo! Mm-hmm. It's the same well, thing. What did she so say to you? My dad. Oh, hold, hold. And then what you said it again, Shelly. It's the same thing, Shelly. You don't believe okay. it? Okay. <laughs> I disagree with you, but okay. <laughs> okay. The article that you was feel sent better? to me. <laughs> no, you I, feel vindicated? No, I don't feel vindicated at all. Oh, <laughs> so sorry. You didn't go along with it. Okay. The article Woo-hoo! I was. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Okay. The article that I spent like. 45 minutes l- reading last night. Let me see what what what, uh, what the date on this article is. Um, January 18th. So this just came out. This is January 18th, written by Mike Fitzgerald of the Riverfront Times. And the title of the article is, In Hazelwood, $8.2 million experiment. The teachers are miles away on a screen. Okay? This is what the Hazelwood School District is doing. They have all these teaching positions that they can't fill. And I will tell you a story, this is a true story, that I know a couple people that teach in Hazelwood, okay? And kidding with one of the, t- the people in Hazelwood, I said, maybe I can be a substitute there. And this person said, you have to talk to Kelly Services. You know the Kelly girls? I do. So I said, what do you mean I have to talk to Kelly Services? Oh, that school district doesn't hire, doesn't hire their own temps, temporary teachers. They go through Kelly. So I think to myself, I don't believe this. This is all true story. I called the Hazelwood School District, and the lady who is in charge of the temporary teachers couldn't have been nicer to me. And she says, yes, sir, we don't hire the teachers directly anymore. We hire them through Kelly Services. So she gives me a phone number, and I call the Kelly Services people. Talk to a very nice lady. I still get like an email a day because I made the mistake of giving her my email address 
They want me to come in every day. Mr. Hildebrand, come in today and take the test. You can, or you can take it online. We want to get you into the school district and in teaching our students in the Hazelwood School District. Okay. Almost every day I get that email. Every single day. Okay. So they have a shortage of teachers in the Hazelwood School District. So they hired this company called Stride. S-T-R-I-D-E. And it's now costing the Hazelwood School District nearly 80, or what's the number? $80,000 per classroom. And what Stride does is Stride hires teachers who don't want to go in the classroom anymore. They want to teach from their house. But they're not in Missouri. They're all over the country. So what happens is Interesting. they bring in these big screen TVs and they put them in the classrooms and the teacher has has a there's a there's a camera so she can see the students in the classroom there's like a big wide angle lens she can see the students in the classroom and the students see her and she can put stuff up on her screen she can show you know visual aids and charts and graphs and all that kind of stuff pictures stuff like that and she can put that on her screen so the problem they have is that the students are sitting in the classroom and there's no teacher in the classroom. It's this lady who may be in Kansas or who knows where we're at. And none of the students pay any attention to her. So they just, you know, do whatever they want. So now the school district, Hazelwood School District, is now paying for this this stride company to do this remote education stuff. So uh-huh. now they're also hiring teachers aides to sit in the classroom to make the kids watch the TV screen. And it's about right. <laughs> Kids need to have some kind of leadership in, in their midst. They just do. Okay. Um, here we go. Uh, another push. Another. Let me read this. Another potential risk that must be taken into account. A major push for remote learning could widen educational disparities by race. A key concern for Hazelwood, where 80% of the students are black and more than 60% qualify for free and reduced price meals. Tyra Williams, a Hazelwood East junior, is taking Spanish through a virtual teacher. She gives the class a thumbs down. Quote, I feel it's like messy, Williams says. You can never get your stuff in because we don't have a real teacher. Uh, Williams says she's accomplished a complaint to her mom. She says, try your best, Williams said. I just try the best I can. But if you don't know something, there's nothing you can really do. Hazelwood's big push for virtual teaching began, at least formally, in early June. That's when the school administrators came to grips with a dose of bad news. They were 83 teachers short in the district's high schools and middle schools. More than half of these vacancies, 44, were in middle school math, science, and English, according to a district memo provided to the Board Education July 19th meeting. What to do? Enter Stride Learning Resources of Herndon, Virginia. Uh, In August, Stride signed a deal with the district to provide 50 virtual teachers for the 2022-2023 school year. The deal's annual cost, more than $8 million, or about four, excuse me, about $5 million more than if the district were to hire traditional in-person teachers, according to the school district internal analysis. In other words, they say, the school district says, if we hired the number of teachers we needed, it would cost us $3 million. But we're going to pay $8 million to this company to stick video screens in the schools, in the classrooms, and let the kids learn from some teacher. So, I mean, I'm going like, is this for real? The article goes on and on and on, and it's fascinating. Um, and and matter of fact, this is this is a new thing. This is a new thing in education. Stride is called an EMO. You know what that stands for? I was thinking, but no, I do not. Education Management Organization. Okay. And it's the it's it's, it's a, an emo. Yeah, it's we it's, are emo. Right, it's like pizza. E-M-O. Right, and the teachers. Are, 
And the teacher, the teachers are all square and they're all flat, right? They're all thin, right? Like Emo's Pizza, get it square, flat. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stride services are not cheap. It costs, get this, it costs the Hazelwood School District up to $160,000 for each classroom taught by virtual stride teachers. Hey, Hazelwood School Districts, listen to me. This is Brad. I have a bachelor's. I have a master's degree. You pay me just $100,000 a year. I will get off the air at eight o'clock, jump in my car, teach your classes, you know, far, you know, from eight thirty to whatever, and come back and finish my radio stuff in the evening. I'll do it for a hundred thousand. You're paying one hundred sixty to have some virtual teacher in the classroom on a TV screen. I'll do it for a hundred thousand dollars. And you know what? I'll do it as yeah, a- because that's what they want <laughs> is somebody that says. Kids, drop out of school. No. It's not doing you any good. Well, Get your GED and go to a trade. Oh. That's somebody they would want, you know, EMOing them. <laughs> well, maybe I wouldn't put it in those words, but I would say. Well, <laughs> hi, I'm Brad. Have you ever heard my 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 uh, my my morning show? And they went, no, we don't, we don't listen to you. You're too old. You're 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 in your 80s, aren't you? Yeah, I'm 87. Oh, you're Actually, too old. Actually, you know, I was thinking about that. For your age, yeah. you're in very excellent shape. Well, thank you very much. Even though I may drive, die of a heart attack this afternoon, never can tell. Why do you say that? <laughs> okay, but no. Every time you say that, go. I can just punch okay. you inside your head. Okay, here's what I don't understand. Okay, let me, go, let me go back to this. There's they, a lot. They can't understand. find enough teachers, okay? So they're paying $160,000 per classroom, okay? So they're paying more than double what it would cost them to to have a teacher in the classroom. Why don't you just say, okay, fine, this company wants to do it for $160,000 a classroom. We're going to start paying teachers $120,000 and still save $40,000 a classroom. And then you'd have people apply. Well, you know what? I I don't I hate kids, and I don't want to teach anymore. But for one hundred twenty thousand dollars, I'll go teach. I'll just show up there every day because once again, when you're a teacher, no nights, no weekends, no holidays, no summer. You just have to endure it for what? What do you have? One hundred eighty days. You have to put in one hundred eighty days. What's the state minimum? Stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand this. You know, I mean, like once again, look what happened to fast food. Okay. Nobody wants wants to work for minimum wage. So pretty soon people are paying $10. Now they're paying 15. I told you the guy that I talked to that owns the the Culver's down in 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 the valley, he told yeah, me that nice man. he told me that most of the places down there are paying starting 20 bucks an hour. Okay, 20 bucks an hour to work at a fast food place, okay? Back in the day, which I'm, is awesome especially if you're a waitress or I a made, waiter. Well, there but in fast food places there are no waiters as waiters. I mean, you know, like for you go to some of the. Oh yeah, that's true. You go to some of the. I was thinking of Lester's for some reason. Hey, I know one of the managers at Cyberg's down the valley. Okay. Good he, for you. He told me that on a good night, a Cyberg's waiter or waitress in the valley can make four to five hundred dollars a night. A night. Think Speaking about that them, for a minute. Did they find our googly eyes? <laughs> I don't know, but think about that for a minute. If you worked, let, let's say you worked. Let's say let's say we're not going to say we're not going to say like we're, let's let's just say they can make three hundred bucks a night. Okay, so let's say you worked you worked. Let's do our little calculator here. You work at Cybergs and you're making you're making uh, three hundred bucks. Let's just say three hundred dollars a night. Okay, so three hundred and you're going to work five nights a week. That's fifteen hundred dollars times fifty two. That's seventy eight thousand dollars. I mean, 
you know, there are people with college degrees, I'm one of them, who don't make that kind of money. You know? I mean, and once again, I mean, there's all these people because you can become, in the state of Missouri, I believe you can become a certificated teacher where you get your teacher certificate. I believe if you have a bachelor's degree, I think it takes like six months or something like that. The smartest woman in the world would know because her sister's a big wig in a school district, which I won't mention. But um, she'll probably have that information. Um, um, Mo is 174. What's in that? I don't know what that is. Um, Okay. Anyway, the idea being that why wouldn't this Hazelwood School District just raise everybody up? And still, once again, if you figure out the amount of money, I think it said that the starting salary, the average salary in the Hazelwood School District for a teacher is 66000 a year, okay? If you take that and you say, okay, $66,000 a year, and you and you you take a third of that, okay? So a third of that would be 33000 right? <clears throat> the reason I say you take a third of that is because they don't work a full year. They only work two-thirds of the year. So if you say, okay, if they did work the entire year, they'd be making $99,000 a year. Not too shabby. You're almost pushing six figures. You know what I'm saying? But see, this essentially makes my argument that instead of the school districts wasting their money on virtual, you know, this company called Stride where they put, you know, TV cameras and, and virtuals. And see, here we go once again. The whole thing started with the goofy, stupid pandemic. You know, People don't, that did change the world. People don't want to go back like, to work. Literally, right? You know, remember the app, the Apple people. We don't want to go back to work. Okay, how about the guys and the gals that work out at the GM plant on Winsville? What if they said, you know, we don't want to go back to work. We want to work from home. Guess what? You're putting together trucks and and vans. You can't do that from your house. You have to come no, in cannot. and grab a wrench. And when that when that tr- right, when that truck comes down the line, you have to you know you have to put those nuts on there and, you know, put the windshields in and put the engines in, stuff like that. You can't work from your home. Lazy, lazy, lazy. I'm sorry. That's the way do we've got No, but, I mean, how do you feel if, let's say you you lived in the Hazelwood School District and your daughter was in high school. How would you feel about that she's sitting in a classroom with a teacher who's sitting in her house in Kansas City or, or Rhode that Island? That would actually bother me because we've got really good teachers here in Missouri. Right. And for them to take someone, I mean, from another planet or another city to train our kids, but, but, I don't agree with but, that. But just the numbers alone. I mean, if someone said to you, hey, Shelly, I can come over to your house and I can teach you how to play the piano, and that's $80 an hour. But I can do it home, I can do it remotely, and that's $300 an hour. You'd go like, why would I pay you $300 an hour to sit at home and teach me the piano when you could come over to my house and teach me the piano for $80? It's, isn't it better in person? Yes, it's better in person. And once again, now they're having the added expense of... I don't know. My my piano teacher, she was a mean lady. <laughs> mine had a... Uh, my, Miss Etta Parnas. My, mine she had a... racked my fingers and... <laughs> don't use that finger for that pee. My, mine had a mustache. <laughs> was it a woman? Yes. Mine was an older lady. And, and her name was Etta. And she was... I remember. She was... She was different. I remember going home after my first couple lessons. I said to my mom, and I won't say her lady, I won't say her name. I said, Mom <laughs> has a mustache. And she says, Don't look at that. 
<laughs> and you know what happened then? You know when somebody what? tells you not to look at it? What do you look at? You know, especially when you're a kid. If somebody says, don't do that, what do you and do? you kind of point at it. Right. <laughs> it's like the classic story with my youngest son, Drew. I wish I could tell that story on the air, but I would get in so much trouble if I told that story. You know which one I'm talking about, right? No. When Drew went to the radio station and met someone at the radio station. You know what I'm talking about. I really don't. Oh, you do. You're just playing dumb. No, I'm not. I'm really dumb. <laughs> if you take that and put that on there, I will never talk to you again. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> I got another one. Brad, you need to listen Woo-hoo. to me when I tell you this. Woohoo! Woohoo! That's you. Well, wouldn't she so say to you? my dad. Oh, hold, hold. Wouldn't Woo-hoo. she say to you, Shelly? Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> well, wouldn't she so say to you? my dad. Oh, hold, hold. Wouldn't she say to you, Shelly? <laughs> you could have at least finished your thought. <laughs> I, I just pulled that out of the out of the original show. The ether. <sighs> it's seven twenty-seven. It is BS dot show. Do you think those guys were really high that went in the studio? Ooga shaka, ooga shaka. <laughs> if someone said to you, hey, Shelly, we need you to sing this song, and here's the lyrics, ooga shaka, ooga shaka, ooga shaka, what would you say? Totally. <laughs> you'd say, if I had a dancing baby in it, I sure would. You'd say, I'm down with that, man. Give me that ooga shaka song, right? Ooga shaka. I go play the ooga shaka song. Well, there you go. Okay, you called the dancing baby song. which I do. Again. And what's that? Allie McBeal, whatever it was. Uh-huh. Okay. I've never seen that show. Isn't that interesting? I've never seen that one either. You could watch it now if you so chose. Yeah, I know. It's all over the place. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's BS.show, 732. It's a Friday morning. We take special pride in our Friday morning shows because they're usually the stupidest ones. We play the best music. The show is stupid, but the music's great, right? <laughs> well, it's not stupid. It's just about nothing. Shelly will deny... <laughs> Shelly will deny that this is her when it's clearly her, even though she says it's not her. It's not me. I don't woohoo like that, Brad. I've been woohooing for years. They've been a PETA. Yeah, okay. So let's ask the president. Mr. President, is this... Oh, Lord. Is this this Shelly? No, 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 no. I don't know. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Mr. President, is that Shelly saying woohoo? No, 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 no. I don't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't. So he's he's gonna he's gonna be neutral. Yeah. Well, I think you're a lying dog face pony soldier. <laughs> I can't find that one, man. I tell you what, you know, we've had some good presidents that do goofy stuff. We had Trump for four years. Now we got Biden for two years, and <laughs> now the stories come out that <laughs> that are you ready for this? <laughs> I mean, Are you ready for this? You know, yes. he, he talks about how how first off he said that you know the records they the conf- the top secrets records they found in his garage were not right next to his Corvette and he keeps the door locked. <laughs> first off, their neighbors that they're people that will like drive by the house to see where the president's house is and they take pictures and several of them have taken pictures where the garage doors open the Corvette sitting there and the latest thing is when Hunter is at his dad's house, guess what car he drives. The Corvette. Aww. 
So Hunter's driving around the Corvette, and he's out there in the garage. You know, that's not his real. Did you know that's not his real first name? His real first name is Robert. Did you know that? Oh, he must be um, a. Uh... No, his that's his middle name. His name is Robert Hunter Biden. I didn't know that. I saw that the other day. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was important. What? What is? His real name's Robert. You know people that don't use their first name? I know a lot of people like that. Matter of fact, my girlfriend from high school, her real name was Jane, but she went by Chris. My next door neighbor, it's funny, my next door neighbor called himself three different things. And he told me the story one time that, I mean, this is a guy probably about five or six years older than me. He told me the story that he would remember how he met people by how they called him. His name was Elias, and, and certain people, he told him his name was Elias. Certain, t- certain people, he would tell his name was Eli, and other people, he would tell him his name was Elijah. So when someone called him up and said, Elijah, he knew where he met him because if it was if school, he was Eli. If it was a church, it was Elijah. And and if it was somewhere else, it was Elias. I'm going like, okay, that's a little bit too complicated for me. <laughs> I'm thinking, no, where where did I tell that person my name was? Yeah, I would have to think about that. So that's why I always just keep on going with Shelley. There's an interesting. There's a joke. A comedian does this joke about. I don't know if I can do it right or not. He calls. He talks the talks the about this guy. He goes up to this guy and he says he met him. You know, he's like God hangs rotten in in his city. And he says, "What's your name?" And I, I, okay, I'm going to blow this, but let me try to do it. Just my initial. And he says, what's your name again? Just my initial. So one day he's out with his friend, and he sees this other guy, and he goes, hey, just my initial. And his, and his friend says to him, what'd you call him? He goes, just my initial. And he, the, his friend says, just my initial? His name's CJ. Okay. Get it? Well, he was saying just my initial. Right, but he didn't say it clearly. So he, he says, what's my initial? What name do you go by? Just my initial. Just my, my initial. Just my initial. <laughs> so <laughs> he didn't tell him his name. He he was trying to tell him just my initials. But, yes. Okay. Stupid joke. I'm sorry. Okay. Thank sorry. you for explaining it, though. I feel so much better. I'd make a good teacher in the Hazelwood School I feel District, like don't a you Hooters think? Girl. <laughs> I'm so glad you were here. I was so bored. See. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. I don't know why I looked this up last night. Okay. Why did you look it up? I looked up, and this is interesting because you have a personal connection to this. I looked up Playboy Club in St. Louis. Okay. Uh huh. Do you know where the Playboy? Do you know exactly where the Playboy Club was in St. Louis? The building. It is, was on Lindell. But do you know the exact address? No. Thirty-nine fourteen Lindell. Okay. Okay. And now here's what's interesting about it: there were people that said that it was demeaning for women to have that job, to be a Playboy bunny, to have little oh, ears please. on, to have no, no, seriously, there are people. I that, know that's that demeaning. Was the time that's but demeaning. Please. Okay. The story on that is that 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 was first off, it was the only Playboy club in the entire country that was built from the ground up. The yeah, up, it was even bigger than Chicago. Right, and it was and it was one of the most successful Playboy clubs in the country. And my dad ran it. The reason I brought that up was just what Shelley said. Shelley's father was 
was he was like the general manager, right? Yes, he was. Okay, of the Playboy Club. Now, did it say that? No, it didn't say that. But oh. but but here's 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 what's interesting. Uh, it talked about this is a thing from the website called Lost Tables. You ever seen this before? Yes, I know. Right. Okay. Harley Hammerman. The building originally was the home of Ellen Huck, H-U-C-T-S-O-N, Huxon. And they tore down her house to make way for the multi-level building. The St. Louis Club was the only Playboy Club built from the ground up. A series of pagoda-shaped canopies extended from Lindell to the club entrance, which was recessed 40 feet from the street. The 18,000 square feet 50s modern structure had a glass front exposing two of its three floors and a sunken patio garden in its forecourt. Automobiles drove up to the club entrance and then through a drive under the building to park under the building to park areas in the rear. You drove under the building? Yeah. That sound right? The Danielle was like that too. Their parking garage was underneath the building. The announcement that a Playboy Club was to open in St. Louis triggered a massive bunny hunt. Okay, you ready for this? Attractive young girls who are interested in an exciting world of show business can now earn big money working as bunnies at the soon-to-be-open St. Louis Playboy Club. Playboy Club. Whether you are serving drinks, snapping pictures, or greeting guests at the door, the atmosphere is strictly showbiz, and our bunnies are stars. This is the ad to get people into, to get to be a bunny. Okay, this is in the Post-Dispatch, July 5th, 1962. The charm and beauty of our bunnies has great extolled has been extolled in Time, Newsweek, and Pageant, and Ed Sullivan has called the Playboy Club, quote, the greatest new showbiz gimmick. So if you would like to make top money with the added opportunity of traveling to other Playboy Clubs throughout the world, phone for an appointment, okay? They had 60 openings. Guess how many women showed up to apply to be a Playboy bunny? 300. Over Almost a thousand, over nine hundred, over nine hundred women showed up. Forty-one bunnies were hired and sent off to Bunny School, a training program run by Hugh Hefner's brother Keith. Boy, that's a tough job. <laughs> Boy, yeah, really. But old Keith Hefner. Hey, hey, Hugh, can I train the bunnies? Sure, Keith. That's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the St. Louis Playboy Club would produce. Get this: six playmates of the month, one playmate of the year. Its most famous playmate was guess guess who. And guess Who? where? And guess where she went to high school? Who? Hazelwood. Patty McGuire. Oh. Patty McGuire went to Hazelwood High School. I think she was class of seventy. And guess who she married? Who? Jimmy Connors, the the soccer or the the tennis dude. The tennis pro. Yes, the the tennis star. So. Well, my 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 mother, my mother in law. No, no, that's a lie. My stepmother, Johnny, was a Playboy bunny. The St. Louis Playboy Club opened its doors on October 16, 1962. The facility featured the Playmate Bar, Cartoon Corner, the Piano Bar, the Library, the Playpen, which was used for private parties, and the invitation-only penthouse. Whoa. Get this. Do you remember this? A barber shop, beauty shop, and club offices occupied space in the lower level. Did you know that? Um, I was born in 64. Well, but your dad ran the place. Yeah. The St. Louis Playboy... Again, I was born in 64. The St. Louis, and you know what? Here's a picture. This might be your dad. Hold on, let me read this. The St. Louis Playboy Club was operated under franchise by Cottontail Incorporated, a corporation phoned by local investors, including William Horvath, Mel Friedman, Herschel Price, Herb Copperman, James Gossau, Gil Newsom, Joseph Moore, and Kingsley Wright. It catered exclusively to Playboy key holders and their guests, offering dining and lunch facilities, as well as evening entertainment. Guess what it cost to get a Playboy membership back in 1962? Guess. What? Take a guess. I don't know. Just take a, throw a number out. 
Uh, $20,000. $25. What? $25. This is this here. Membership. Twenty five. Two five. Twenty five. Like a, a, a 20 and a 5. Wow. Me- membership was $25 with an annual $20 annual fee. The key with the bunny head logo allowed entry to any club nationwide. I went to school with the kid who showed up at school one day. He with had, glitter? No, he showed up at school one day with his dad's Playboy key. Uh-huh. And the teacher, he was showing it to us. Here's my dad's Playboy club key. And we're going like, whoa, cool. It was this key with a Playboy, you know, the Playboy logo on the on the head of the key. And we go, whoa, cool. And the teacher saw it and took it away from him. Oh, my God, was that guy's, was that kid's dad mad? You know? He, okay, can I ask how old you were during this? 46. I mean, for real. <laughs> I'm not going to say Okay, here we go. Within two years, the St. Louis Playboy Club had issued 17,600 membership keys. On weekends, waiting lines stretch West and Lindell for more than a block. Bobby Darren, who's hit Mac the Knife, had just topped the charts, was was refused his own table because the rooms were filled to capacity. Bobby Darren couldn't get a table. He's got a hit song. He couldn't get a table at the Playboy Club in St. Louis. Among the unknown comics who broke in their acts at St. Louis Club were George Carlin, Pat Morita, Flip Wilson, Richard Pryor. Guess how much they were paid to do an entire week at the Playboy Club? How much? 300 bucks. <laughs> Harry Blackstone, the musician, was a fill-in act. In 62, 30, 300 bucks was a pretty good chunk of change. Gabe Kaplan, remember, welcome back, Cotter. Gabe Kaplan was a stand-up comic, and there was singing novice Lana Contrell, Professor Ernie Irwin Corey, and guess who else was a big hit at the St. Louis Playboy Club? Tiny Tim. <laughs> the Playboy Club closed its doors at 3914 Lindell Boulevard on September 25th, 1975. Signs in front of the building and on the marquee advised customers that the club would reopen at a new site, which they did. They did. Now here, here. Uh, here. Now here we go, boys and girls. Listen to this carefully. Margie Stafford grew up in Belleville, Illinois. At age 15, she quit high school and eloped. Smart girl. She had a child, was divorced after two years of marriage, and traveled around the country with her son working as a waitress. When the Playboy Club opened in St. Louis, her stepmother told her about the bunny hunt. She had never heard of Playboy. At age 17, Margie Stafford showed up at the Coronado Hotel for the audition, lied about her age, and got one of the 41 bunny jobs. She was 17. Herschel Price, whose principal business had been the coffee company started by his father in real estate, was one of the investors in the St. Louis Club when it opened in 62. Stafford recalls, when I met Herschel, I was was 18 and he was one of the club owners i called him mr price in those days he was a smooth bachelor around town when he asked me to marry him i said you've got to be kidding he still says i've never said yes when st louis playboy club closed its doors in september of 75 herschel price bought the rights of the franchise from his partners and moved operations to south county Herschel and margie price reopened the club at the ramada inn on south Lindbergh on new year's eve 1975 i'm going to tell you a story i've never told before I worked there one night. At the Playboy Club? In South County. In uh, being a DJ? No. What? I was a judge for a dance contest. <laughs> As Brad Hildebrand on Y98? Yes, I got paid. As a matter of fact, somewhere, I think my brother probably burnt the picture, somewhere there's a picture of me. We had not one, not two, but three Playmates 
you know, who are actually in that year's Playboy magazine were at this contest. It was a big deal. Aww. This was this was like the Midwest regional finals, and they the the these people went to like Chicago, or I think went to Chicago. That's where all the finals were, because that was where you know that was where you know Hefner was from. And I I and I had a tuxedo, and there's a picture of me. <laughs> I swear this is true. There's a picture of me with these three Playboy bunnies, and Margie Price herself awarded me. One of the most prestigious awards, and I think my brother threw this away. I got a big plaque, a big, you know, like walnut plaque. And in the middle of that plaque, you know what was in that plaque? What? An official Playboy bunny tail. The bunny tail is like oh, stuck in this plaque. You don't have that? It says caught live at the Playboy Club, and it gives the 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 the, the date and the whole bit. You know, congratulations, Brad Hildebrand. It's gone. I have no idea what happened to it. Oh shit. I think I think my brother threw it away. So that was my night at the Playboy Club. And it was and it was and I remember Margie Price. I do remember that. And and it was at the place and it was in a hotel. It was in the first floor of a hotel that I think they tore down, which on the parking lot of the South County Center, right there at Lindbergh and Lee May Ferry. Right up the street from Dave Sinclair. That's where it was. Yep. And that would have been I don't know, 70, 77, 78, 79, something like that. Long they time closed ago. They closed in seventy-five, I thought. No, this was the this was the original club. This was the new club that opened like in it opened like in I think what it said opened in seventy-five, seventy-six. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, know. You know here, here, which, here we when, go. Well, it had to be in the sixties. So he was at the original club. Oh, here it is, right here. Father. Here it is, sixty-nine twenty-six South Lindberg at Interstate fifty-five. The yeah. new eight hundred seat Ramada Inn Playboy Club represented what Herschel Price called the second concept for the clubs. Instead of a freestanding building, we thought, why not put them in a hotel where you also have the night, the hotel guests? We simply rent the night. We simply rent the nightclub facilities. It was still a key club, but open to the public with the key still costing twenty-five dollars plus fifteen dollars annual fee. Price explained in the beginning a real Playboy wouldn't have gone near a Playboy club. We only had people who wanted to be Playboys. We went after the new franchise because we saw this changing our uh, and our new audience would be dating couples, young married couples, traditional nightclub audience. In September 1976, five former bunnies sued the St. Louis Playboy. Blah, 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 blah. They worked club in Lindo claimed they had been assured of jobs in the new location but were not rehired because of failure to maintain the bunny image, which Playboy defined as the physical appearance of a bunny and the impression she conveyed to customers and others. The ex-bunnies asserted the definition was arbitrary, capricious, and allowed the employer to discharge without reason. Betty Bennett was the bunny mother at the Lindell Club. Did you know Betty Bennett? Hire, no. trainer, and advisor, and judge. She wasn't happy with some of Playboy's bunny practices. One of the main things I found wrong was the rating system. The general manager, the bunny mother, and an international rep each voted periodically on each girl. Rating one meant you were on top, two, you were average, three, you were notice, on notice, and four, you were fired. This was only on appearance, not service. After age 25, you were supposed to be through. You're done at 25. They wanted constant turnover, and they had a fat bunny list. You had to maintain your hiring weight. If you didn't, you had two weeks to take it off. Oh, my God. They were very strict. <laughs> That's you, very true. And you, they they also had on their application yeah. your your um measurements. Yeah. They wanted to know your measurements. Well, I still your height, your weight. I still do that. Anybody who comes to work here, I'm mean, you know, okay, well, you know, here like, we we take their measurements. Guys too. We have that didn't you know that? Didn't we do that when you got hired? <laughs> Can you imagine doing that nowadays? You know. You'd be sued. Brown and Crouppen would I be would, like Brown, Brown and Crouppen would show up and go, hey, we're looking for a new house, and guess what? You're going to pay for it. 
You know what I'm saying? That would be yes, like I do. instant lawsuit if you say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna look at you. We're gonna grade you one through four. If you're if you're if you're put on some weight, we'll give you two weeks to take it off. You don't take it off, you're fired." That's God, true. That is incredible. You know, and my my father also owned um um he owned several restaurants, but he also had a place called the Stork Club. And I remember um, that. Where was the, where was that? Oh, sorry, at? I remember that. Where was that? I I don't know. And I'll but look it, it was called the Stork Club. Yeah. And all the waitresses, because they were always scantily clad, very right. classy actually. Right. And um. They call they, they the waitresses were named babies, yeah, and they had gold lame diapers and white satin bibs. So now you know how Shelly turned out the way she is today. Yes, that, that is. <laughs> Her correct. dad ran I the Playboy Club, learn. and then he and then he ran I the got, Stork I Club. I got his mouth. <laughs> I got his mouth and his um. His uh, funky attitude. We won't say what else you got. Okay, we have to take a break. We're way behind. I got his fat jeans. <laughs> 751. No, I'm not J.C. Corcoran. No, this is not the morning zoo. Yes, that is Shelly Barr. She is from the morning zoo. <laughs> <laughs> then you would be the uh, animal I'm the zookeeper. Person. Okay. Glenn Fry died way too young. We lost another one yesterday. David Crosby died. You know that? Yes. Crosby stills. Sort of sad. Yeah, um, very. His last album was David Crosby Sings Almost, one of my favorite albums. What's that? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you missed the joke. David Crosby Sings Almost. I don't know the song. He almost, Is it a song? He almost sings. Get what I'm saying? No. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I what am I missing? David Crosby sings almost almost what? He almost sings. He doesn't sing? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. You're not speaking Shelly today on purpose. Just to I make guess you I'm silly. not. Um, huh? um, I mean <laughs> Okay. Um, Who's on first? I don't know. Here we go. Third base. Here we go. Uh, here, I'm reading headlines here right now. Okay. Here's a school board memory. What a member? What what city is this in? Let me see what city this is in. This is a Michigan school board. Uh, she says the problem with schools nowadays. You know what the problem with school is? No. Whiteness. That's the problem with schools. Whiteness. Schools are evil because they're whiteness. She says whiteness is evil. Schools, are, schools promote whiteness. I don't, you know. I do you understand any of this stuff anymore? Does, no, does, I wish people does, would just does any make try sense? to mend our country instead of continually saying and and reacting the way that they're doing. It's just ridiculous. <sighs> and and the thing that I think is the most ridiculous um, is. Letting somebody in third grade decide whether or not they're a girl or a boy. See, once again, you know, it's interesting. I heard a they guy. They barely are just potty trained. I heard a guy yesterday say, and it's pretty funny when you think about it. He says, you have to, if you have kids in school nowadays, the school has to get permission from the parents to give them a Tylenol, but yet they can help them with the sex change operation. The parents don't have to know. I'm going like, what? What is going on? I mean, I mean seriously. I mean, I don't understand. Who thinks that this is okay? I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, you know. You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm all for if somebody wants to change who they are. Who am I to judge? But these are kids. Kids. They don't know enough about life to decide whether or not they want to be a girl or a boy. Kids, this is your Uncle Brad talking. Save your life. Drop out of school now. Get oh out of school. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kid, don't school. listen to him. It's Uncle Brad. Uncle no, Brad Uncle knows. Uncle Brad is wrong. <laughs> Drop out of school right now. Take that job Uncle at McDonald's. Uncle Brad is. Take that job at McDonald's, and in Dad. ten years you'll own the place. Okay, you'll be you'll be the head burger flipper, Dad. and you'll own the place. <laughs> okay, we have to take our last mad, break. Mad, mad. Uncle Brad will make your parents mad. <laughs> no. Okay, last break. We'll be right back. 7.59. I'm sorry. I know it's old school. One of my all-time favorite songs, the late, great Sammy Davis Jr. God, was he good. Never apologize for that song. Put the microphone Ever. in front of your face. What? Put the microphone in front of your face. You're off mic again. You'd actually think that you were in my studio, but <laughs> whatever. I can hear it, Shelly. I can hear it. Just like... I've blah, got blah, blah. I've got these super ears. If someone says to me, you know, like for example, how come if I'm you've got these super ears, but I can stand next to you and have a conversation with you, and you completely mute me out with your good ears? <laughs> You're on the wrong side. I'm blind in one eye, and I'm deaf in one side as well, too. You got you know you, you got, are not. I am. I have one of my ears blown out in a in a hunting accident. Please, true. What were you hunting? Snipe. <laughs> How did you know? It's at Boy Scout camp, and a snipe got cut in my ear, snipe and the, and the and the the pack master tried to pull it out with a knife, and he pierced my eardrum. I can't uh-huh. hear. It. You don't believe? <laughs> no, I don't. Woohoo! Okay. I know, but you just got to be you, Brad. I got to be me. Okay, that's yeah. gonna do it for us. We're done. <laughs> People are going like the smartest woman in the world's going like. It's about time this show really sucked today. Boy, she's I been on. It was fun. She's been on my case this morning. She's mad about all sorts of stuff. Why? She's Mike Otten says that they're going to start. It's sort of funny too. They're going to start changing all the streets around that are they're called Broadway because you can't do that anymore. That's 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 body shaming. <laughs> that was funny, Mike. It's but you know I guess it's you can't call you know there's like the song I grew up with my dad playing all these show tunes. And for example, there's South Pacific. There is nothing like a dame, nothing in the world. There is nothing like a dame. Dun, 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 dun. So if I called you a dame, would you find? Would you be mad at that? No. If I called you a chick, if, would you be mad about that? No. If I called you broad, would you be mad about that? No. If I called you, if I looked at you and I went, Woo-hoo. would you be mad about that? <laughs> I wouldn't understand it. Okay. Okay. We got to leave. We'll be back on Monday. Maybe. Bye, everybody. Shelly might be. weekend. It's been a slice of heaven as usual. I might Peace not. and I fly. I might not be here. I might stroke out over the weekend. So, so. Would you please stop saying that? <laughs> I swear to God, I will punch you. Ooh. It's 806. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.